Make a place of prayer. No fuss. Just lean into the white brilliance and say what you needed to say all along. Nothing too much, words as simple and as yours and as heard as the bird song above your head or the river running gently beside you. Let your words join to the world the way stone nestles on stone, the way the water simply leaves and goes to the sea, the way your promise breathes and belongs with every other promise the world has ever made. Now leave them to go on. Let your words alone to carry their own life without you. Let the promise go with the river. Have faith. Walk away. There are many ways to measure a life. One of my favorite songs from a Broadway musical called Rent says 525,600 minutes. How do you measure a year? Do you measure in daylights, in sunsets, in midnights, in cups of coffee, in inches, in miles, in laughter, in strife? Well, the Old Testament measures in promises and covenants. Walter Brueggemann has said that a covenant is the divine and human bonded together in tenacious loyalty to each other. The divine and human bonded together in tenacious loyalty. There's a series of covenants in the Old Testament. We've looked at some of them in this Lent season. The covenant made with Noah as he gets off the ark. The covenant with Abraham to multiply him throughout the generations. God comes in different times and places into the life and the history of the people of Israel and says, okay, let's do this again. Let's remember that you are blessed by me and you are called to be a blessing to the world. And in this scripture, in Jeremiah 31, God comes again and says, okay, I will not this time write a covenant on tablets. I won't write it um, on your bodies through circumcision. I will write it on your heart. Now in this language of covenant, I've always struggled a little bit with some of the shame that seems to go along with it. As if whenever a covenant is broken, there's this other message saying you blew it, you forgot again, you failed. And certainly there's some of that in scripture, but I think often we equate God's sadness and disappointment with shame. God shows up in love over and over. God is always compassionate, remembering that we are dust. And there seems to be a fluidity to the covenants in, with Israel, as if God says, okay, here we are again. Let's talk about how we can live in faithfulness and love with each other in this new place. There's water under the bridge. We've seen what's happening, but now, as the Benedictine practice says, always we begin again. And I hear that, that spirit in this, this talk of covenants in the Old Testament. So this is 
This is how we know that covenants and vows and promises work in our own lives. A healthy marriage or partnership reaffirms vows over a lifetime. I used to think when I was younger that a renewal of vows between older couples was maybe a little silly and over-sentimental. But I've stood on the steps of the sanctuary and watched couples say yes to each other after 20, 30, or 40 years of marriage, after kids, after sickness, after broken promises, out of deep pain, and it's beautiful. And they have had tears in their eyes and I've had to try not to cry in those moments. A marriage and a partnership over time needs a recommitment to our vows. A lifelong friendship changes with maturity and over the years and as our life circumstances change, a friendship that we that lasts is one that recommits and finds new ways to be friends in new circumstances. We have to learn how to parent our children and how to honor our parents throughout our lives together as things change. Our commitment to our spirituality shifts with new understandings of God, ourselves, and our world. And through all of that, we lose track of our intent and we find it again. We come together in a new way, in new faithfulness to each other, reestablishing our promises. And this is what's happening in this text in Jeremiah. Here we go again, Israel. You've been living far from the physical landmarks of your faith, but God says, I am still here. And life will soon change again, so let's say it again. I am yours. You are mine. I will bless you so that you will be a blessing. This coming week ahead marks the anniversary of a significant vow, a covenant that I made in my life 10 years ago. I became an ordained pastor in the Presbyterian Church, began to have a REV in front of my name. I've been taking some time to remember that day. It was a beautiful day in a, a Presbyterian church in Clayton in the East Bay where I grew up. There were so many dear friends and family with me that day. My daughters were eight and 11. My grandparents were there. I was able to serve my grandmother communion. She's since passed. The very next day, I baptized my youngest daughter on my first Sunday of being an ordained pastor. And I remember thinking that day, I'll do it differently. I'll protect my family. I'll work sensible hours. I won't get caught up in institutional battles. And I'll be able to preach and pastor so brilliantly that no one will ever get angry or disappointed in me or the church. Now, of course, I would have known that was unrealistic, but I think there was a part of me that kind of thought that was going along with my covenant in those moments. And in one way or another, I haven't been successful at any of those things. And of course, I, even while some of them were unrealistic, there are others that I have not upheld my end of the promise I've failed myself, I failed the church, I failed those in my life, those relationships that are most important to me. A lot has changed in 10 years. 
and it will change again and again and again. So I return to my vows. Look at those questions again, especially the ones that meant most the most to me and still do. I was asked, will you in your own life seek to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, love your neighbors and work for the reconciliation of the world? Do you promise to further the peace, unity and purity of the church? Will you pray for and seek to serve the people with energy, intelligence, imagination, and love? I return and look at myself 10 years later and ask those questions again. I'm a little more worn down and have been knocked around a bit, but also I'm more clear-eyed, compassionate, humble, I hope, and I also hope a bit wiser. And so I come to these words again, these questions, and I pray. I pray and promise that in this next season, I will allow God to write the law of love on my heart, that I will be formed in the image of Christ. We have all been in some form of exile this year. Just as the temple in Jerusalem was abandoned, so our buildings have been sitting mostly empty. We have been in exile in our forms and our rhythms and our patterns. What are promises you want to make going forward? How will we together rebuild and reorient our relationships, our habits, our priorities, our church? To promise again that we will be a blessing to the world that we might with God and through God build a more loving world. Let's not waste this moment to return and to promise again. Let's invite God to write love into our lives and on our heart. Amen.